Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is a Monday afternoon, a very cold Monday here in in Brooklyn, New York. This is another episode of Beer and Money on the PWP Nation Network. Uh, as you can follow PWP Nation at PWP Nation on Twitter, the PWP Nation Facebook page, and PWPNation.com. Uh, I got Chris on the line. Chris, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you today? I'm good, and what a weekend. I, I, I you know, whatever, you know, we're going to get into everything, but except for you because you're psychic, and I swear to God I'm going to take you to Vegas with me so you can start predicting numbers and cards and stuff. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think you want to say – not you personally, but you want to say you you saw this coming in that match. This you knew this was how this match was going to go. That's fine. But to sit there and say that WWE did not completely pull just complete craziness out of their ass this weekend is definitely an an, an understatement. Um, when you look at everything from top to bottom, starting with Saturday night. Um, you know, Saturday night, I, I don't think anybody saw that change coming. And we'll, we'll get to NXT, but of course we're going to go to Survivor Series. And, you know, I, I, I know you said it um, fr- Friday that you you called this. Uh, you didn't call it in 86 seconds, but you said this is where this had to go and to you know, for Brock's character, and just like with Zack Ryder, you you are 100% right. Um, you know, I, I thought, I didn't think it had any chance of happening. Let, let me ask you this, Chris, to start, since you had this on Friday. Where would you go from here? Um, I probably would go with um, Lesnar talking for once. Okay. Well, all right, but... All right, so you want Lesnar to cut his own promo. Um, yeah, because that's the whole point, is to, is to humble the character. Um, last night was actually um, pretty interesting on Twitter. Uh, he had a lot of guys, superstars, taking jabs at Lesnar... Um, some of them were funny. Uh, Kofi on Twitter said that, uh, don't worry, Brock, it happened to me too because <laughs> he got eliminated quickly. And then Rusev was on Twitter. He just put Brock Lesnar, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Rusev's killing me on Twitter. So um, we need to see uh, Paul Heyman come out, and we need to see Heyman do his usual stitch. And then when he starts talking, Brock just stops him. 
Like what we need to do is Heyman needs to come out and do is my name is Paul Heyman, my client is Brock Lesnar, and then Brock just stops him from talking. You know, he just takes the microphone and then Brock just leaves the ring pissed off because he he's not in the mood, sort of. Then do the usual thing of a backstage announcer trying to follow Brock, trying to get comments from him, and then Brock just gives him that look like, you know, like he's upset and pissed, and then he just walks away not saying anything. Then play this up uh, pretty much for the rest of the year where they're trying to get comments from Brock and, no, you know, no one's saying anything, sort of. You know, like, you know, he's how not do, how saying, do you do that, though? Because he's not going to appear. I don't think he's appearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's not going to appear. Basically, you just do you, you, you do the usual thing where you, you can just do occasional segments like Michael Cole or Baron Saxon or just weekly updates where it's like we've tried to get word from the Lesnar camp, nothing, no comment, no okay. nothing. And then as the weeks go on, you continually put in how this character, Brock Lesnar, has been humanized. You know, And you, you have more and more superstars because what you're going to do now is you're building up to the Rumble now. And now that you're building up to the Rumble, now you're, you're building up all these other guys that feel like, hmm, you know, because now Lesnar has been defeated. So now these dudes that would have just been squashed by Lesnar are now going to have a fighting chance because of what Goldberg did. Oh, so now okay. you're so now you're going to have guys like Sheamus, guys like Cesaro, guys like Big E, guys like Kevin Owens, not necessarily doing promos on Lesnar, but just taking subtle jabs at him like, hmm, maybe I do have a chance. You know, if we all jump him, we can eliminate him, you know. You know, Rusev, Rusev, have Rusev take a comment like, oh, I could have lasted longer against Goldberg. I'm not that scared of Lesnar. Maybe he's not as mm-hmm. intimidating as I thought he was. You know, have Sheamus and Cesaro go back and forth on their rumble plan and be like, hey, you know what? You know, if it comes down to us, may the best man win. But if Lesnar shows up, I think we can get rid of him. Yeah, man, he can even you're, beat you're Goldberg. Putting, you're putting Lesnar in the, in the rumble. Yes. Okay. Yes, because okay. yes. the, the report is, is that Goldberg will also be in the Rumble as okay. well. So um, have Owens be like, yeah, man, oh, I don't know too much about this Goldberg guy, but, you know, if I was in the ring with him, I certainly could have lasted more than that, you know. So um, that was the whole point. And, you know, Brock Lesnar needs to be – his character needs to be humanized. His character needs – his character was in outer space. Everybody else was on, was on Earth. You know, how do you bring the character down so all these other people can – can can hang with him in a, in a realistic fashion. That's kind of like what I would do. I would have um, I would have basically just a lot of folks just taking subtle jabs, not promos at him. You know, just subtle jabs like something's sort of, passing here and there. Right, right. Sort of like how when Austin left. You know, when Rock was like, if Austin wants to take his ball and go home, he mm-hmm. can. And then he just focused on whatever angle he was yeah. doing at the time. Just just subtle jabs. Putting himself and, over. Right, right, right. And then every time, <laughs> right, and then every time you ask Heyman, you know, what's the status on Brock? Like, what's Brock doing? You know, how's he feeling? You know, how does he feel about losing to, to Goldberg? You know, what's the status? Is, are we going to see him in Rumble? And then just have Heyman basically go in politician mode where he's, like, answering the question but not really. Right. Like, you know, my client will return. My client is recovering. Yeah. My client is doing you know, is preparing for his next fight, you know, but we have no other comments at this time. Like, basically, have him update them on the status of Lesnar, but not actually directly answering the question about how he feels about losing. Right, keep it vague. Right, sort of like that. And then when we enter into 2017, just no warning at all. There needs to be whatever, because we don't know what's going to happen. It can be randomly. 
But at some point in 2017, probably like the first Raw of the year, Lesnar just needs to show up randomly and just fuck somebody up. I don't care who it is. It can be anybody. And then once he's doing that, once he fucks up whoever it is, it could be a random match. Like, let's say it's, I don't know, say it's like, what's a good match? Like, let's just say, for instance, sake of argument, let's just say Roman Reigns is like still the United States champion. And let's just say there's like a, right, right. Say it's like Reigns versus Rusev and some, random match, and then just randomly out the blue, Lesnar just shows up and just fucks them both up. Just, you know, F5 Reigns, F5 Rusev. Referees come out, F5 to the referees. Some mm-hmm. security guys come out, F5 to them. You know, and then Paul Heyman just shows up and he says, you know, you guys have been waiting to hear what we got to say, and then he's going to do his usual promo, and then Brock basically stops Heyman from talking, and then he gets the mic himself, and then he just basically just, you know, becomes obsessed. And so really what this is going to lead to this is going to lead to a, um, a Mania 19-like situation where mm-hmm. the, the Rock had did everything he could do, mm-hmm. but for some reason he just could never beat Steve Austin. And mm-hmm. Rock just became kind of obsessed with defeating Steve Austin. And we're going to get the same thing here where Brock Lesnar is like, I could be doing anything I want. I can be in UFC. I can be in football. I can be I can a be universal champion. Yeah. You know, I could, I could take the belt off of anybody. But the one I don't need to because everyone knows I'm Brock Lesnar. I don't need to be the universal champion, blah, blah, blah. You know, but the only person I've never beaten is Goldberg. And he's like, I'm, you know, just have him be obsessed with Goldberg. You know, like he's, mm-hmm. he's the one guy he can't beat. The real question is, is the third match going to be at WrestleMania or Rumble? That's what I don't know. Because um, the report says that he signed a contract to appear in the Royal Rumble match. So it looks like they're that, probably going to the have a match. Area. I've seen some things. I know last night the report said the Rumble match. But then this morning I've seen things like the Meltzer report said the Rumble. And then even WrestleMania mm-hmm. is in play. Um, so, I mean... I mean, I'll, my scenario, I, I like what you said, with Lesnar just gone, radio silence, whatever. I know I know it's not creative, but I would keep it simple and go right back to the same formula they did in 04. Put Goldberg in the Rumble match, you know, and then have, you know, have Brock unannounced come out, cost Goldberg the Rumble, and there's your match. For me, that's yeah. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Because that so. fixes that fixes the Lesnar problem for Mania, and also what you would do with Goldberg, especially if he's going into the Hall of Fame. And to take it a step further, what I would even do to really get over um, the blood feud, one of the coolest moments in Rumble history was, um, well, Rumble was it? I think it was the one in '98 where, um, right? Because Steve Austin he had already hit. Um, when did Vince get the first stunner? What show was that? Raw September 97 at the Garden. Right, right. And I remember Steve had a bounty on one of a, on his head in one of those rumbles. I don't know which rumble it was. It okay. was. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the 98 rumble because what he had pretty much spent all of December doing was going after everybody mm-hmm. leading into it. And then all the guys who he went, yeah, I know. You, and all the guys he went after got together and they were like, we kind of like what you're saying. We've got to take him out. Right, right. I remember one of my earliest memories was in the Rumble when his music went off. Like everybody just stopped what they were doing because mm-hmm. they were gonna they were gonna jump him. So like, what you could really do is like you could do a spot in the Rumble where like um you you could like plant some seeds 
Whereas, like, even the SmackDown dudes, because the SmackDown dudes, they, they won't have anything to do with it anyway. But you could do a spot no, where, like... No, don't want to win the Rumble to get the shot at AJ. Right, 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 right. But you, you could do a spot in the Rumble. Or like, let's just say it's, like, number 15 or something. And say there's, like, seven or eight dudes in the ring. And then Goldberg comes out in number 15. And he's not eliminating anybody. He's just doing Goldberg stuff. You know, he's spearing one guy, mm-hmm. gorilla pressing, slamming one dude... Uh, power slamming one guy, you know, he's just he's just fucking everybody up. Then the next number comes out as Brock Lesnar. So then what you could do to that spot to really get over the blood feud is as soon as Brock Lesnar's music hit, like everybody in the ring just gets out. Like they don't they don't eliminate themselves. They just they just leave the ring if that makes yeah, sense. Like, Cause, yeah, cause, when I'm messing with this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's like they already know what the deal is. And so then Lesnar, like he just walks down the ramp and like he runs to the ring and then Goldberg he'll just get on the top rope. And he'll actually eliminate himself because technically, when you get on the top rope and you jump out the ring, like that is an elimination. And um, and then you go have Lesnar and Goldberg just brawl, basically. You know, just have them brawl. And then once they start fighting, then you can just have security referees and everybody just breaking them up. Like just 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 really cool, like just brawl where the rumble just you don't really see spots like that anymore. Like where the rumble just temporarily just takes a big break because there's this big brawl going on outside and. You know, you could even you could even like take it a step further, where like Goldberg or Shane, one or the other, which one works, whichever is more convenient. You could even do it where it's like one of them temporarily gets a SmackDown contract, just to keep them away from each other physically, because mm. they're both so strong that you know Stephanie and Mick Foley don't trust them being on the same brand until like you see what I'm saying. Like you can mm-hmm. give them like a temporary SmackDown contract. I'm guessing probably Goldberg. Most fans are just used to Lesnar being on Raw mm-hmm. anyway. And Goldberg was never on SmackDown anyway, so they can advertise that. Like, no. Goldberg's first appearance on SmackDown mm-hmm. or, you know, and then while Goldberg is there, you could have him plant seeds. Or you can, you know, just have him be in seg- – you just have Goldberg in segments of some guys, like, you know, Goldberg and Cena, uh, Goldberg and Orton. You can even have, like, a little segment of Goldberg and Taker. Like, there's not going to be a I was just going to say that it's the obvious one there. <laughs> right, right. Because you don't have to have any matches or anything. Just just the occasional backstage, mm-hmm. you know, uh cameo or something that that's what i would do just just to further get over the blood feud of mm-hmm. we got to keep these two apart and of course the end game is going to be lesnar um beating goldberg getting that one victory on him and even though it will still be 2-1 it doesn't matter because just like the rock only beat austin one time that was really all it's he wanted one, story. yeah it was the, it was that last one that <laughs> right that mattered the most yeah right so even though goldberg will still have two lesnar will have the one that mattered in the end so but that's the story that uh, I see going. But the match yeah. itself, the, the match itself, even though it was short, um, the storytelling was very good because you had Lesnar come out. Because because the thing about it was, in the entire build, to me, the red flag of the entire match was, in the build to the match, like, see, Lesnar, he lost. And it was like the entire time, Lesnar didn't really acknowledge the fact that he lost. The only thing he really said was, well, my mind wasn't on wrestling at the time, and I was focusing on other interests. Yeah, but Heyman, yeah. Heyman's addressed it. Right, but Lesnar didn't, though, which right. shows which showed that he was kind of cocky slash in denial slash overconfident. So, right. like, you know, in the match itself, Lesnar came out, and when Lesnar came out, like, he didn't look any more intense than he normally does. He still right. had that same kind of, like, oh, like, you know, just another day, and then Goldberg came out, and... um you know, he got in the ring, and, and a lot of folks really are not paying attention to the storytelling that was done in the match. Because ever since Brock Lesnar has beaten Taker, 
like all of his matches start the same. You know, people need to go back. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, a lot of folks don't want to look at Lesnar matches because they're upset, but all his matches go the exact same way. Whether he was fighting Cena, whether he was fighting Orton, whether he was fighting Ambrose, everybody, anybody that's listening to this, you guys need to go back and you need to watch the Lesnar matches that he's had since he's beaten Taker. All his matches start the exact same way. He picks them up and he basically throws them in the corner and he does the ground. Well, that's out. what he did to Goldberg. He did pick. He- he right, he Goldberg did. Goldberg into the corner, but the problem is Goldberg didn't go down. He didn't, and that's the story they were telling. You know, yeah. he did he did that to Rollins, he did it to Ambrose, he did it to Orton, he did it to Cena. It worked on them, but then he does it to Goldberg, and Goldberg is like, "Get that shit out of here." So mm-hmm. then he puts Goldberg in the corner, and then Goldberg just pushes him, and so then Lesnar falls on his ass, and then you know the camera zooms out, and then Lesnar's laughing like, "Oh, okay." Okay, this is going to be a little a little more difficult than I thought. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Then he gets up. Next day, you know, boom, spear. Spear. Out yeah. of nowhere, you know, out of nowhere. Then the fans get up, and the fans are like, holy shit, what's going on? So mm-hmm. then so then Lesnar, you know, he rolls over, and you're thinking, okay, okay, that was a fluke. All right, all right, I'll take you a little bit more seriously. Gets mm-hmm. up again, boom, spear, not a yep. spear. Not even giving him a shot to do anything. And then the fans are like, holy shit, you know, Cole's on commentary, like Brock's in trouble, Brock's in trouble. Heyman's overreacting I'll tell, outside. I'll tell you, though. I'll tell you. You know what? Cole gets a lot of shit, but you mm-hmm. know what? And for those 86 seconds, though, Cole did a, a great job of making this seem like, oh, my God, what is happening to Brock Lesnar here? Right. You know, like 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 you said, you know, since the thing with Taker, you know, you know when have you ever seen Brock? In, in peril. In, in danger. Peril, Right. This quick, yeah, yeah. Cole, Cole, to his credit, did a hell of a job selling that. Oh my God, this is this is happening. This is this is major right now. Like, and, and another person that deserves props is Heyman because I had to rewind it, and like a lot of folks, they really think that I'm being like trying to be a troll. Like, even though it was only about a minute and 20 seconds, no, there, was was. A lot, there was a lot of storytelling. Like, if you look at the very beginning of the match, it's hard because the fans were yelling so loud and they were so hyped up. But at the very beginning of the match, when Lesnar picked up Goldberg and when he slammed him in the turnbuckle, you can hear Heyman scream, go back, go back. Like, don't just randomly, you know, you, you don't just you don't just run in on a guy like Goldberg. Like, mm-hmm. in all his other matches, when he just ran in on Orton, when he ran in on Cena, when he ran in on Rollins, like you didn't hear Heyman say anything. He just stood no. there. But then when he runs in on Goldberg, you hear Heyman say, go back, Brock. Go back, Brock. It's, it's hard. I had to rewind it like two times. You could yeah. hear Heyman say, go back. Yeah, Next Heyman, day, you know, was, boom. Heyman was great in that, too, because even at the end, when, when, Goldberg, when Goldberg first left the ring and Lesnar was on the, gra- was on the mat, the look, and, and they didn't zoom in on it, but it was just, because it was in the background of the shot, the look on Heyman's face, like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Heyman did such a great job, and I know I know we probably won't get it tonight, but if there was ever a night for a Heyman promo, it, it would be it would be tonight. I'd love to see Heyman. And if anyone could do it, it would be Heyman. Mm-hmm. You know, like, at least h- how do you handle the initial shock 24 hours later, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't you know? think I didn't think it was going to be the, um, the time that it was. I thought it would be a little bit longer. My prediction was um, 
was four minutes. See what I thought with that. What I thought they were going to do. I thought Lesnar was going to do like I, I thought he was going to take Goldberg into the corner, and then give him a few suplexes, like one suplex, mm-hmm. two, and three. And then after the third suplex, Goldberg was just going to get up, no sell it, and then spear, and then spear Lesnar. And then after that, Lesnar would just go out the ring for a bit, catch his breath. Then Lesnar would go back in the ring and then try to go for another suplex, and then Goldberg would get out of it. Then like an Irish whip into a spear and then a jackhammer. Like That was what I thought it was going to be, but instead they just went straight to the point. But the way they booked the match, like that was literally legit. Like, And I mean this like seriously, not trying to be like silly. The way they booked the match, that was literally like a nitro squash match. Yeah. That was that was exactly how it was. Yeah. Like Goldberg against Laparca, well, Goldberg that against Chavo. They, they said part of the thing that was behind it was they wanted to they wanted to give it a w, his WCW feel. Right. And, you know, and it now, worked. Yeah. Because when he speared him, the fans because like when the, when he when he lent the first spear, the fans in the arena like they exploded. It was just like that spear that he gave Raven that one nitro. Yep. That's it was, you know the fans knew. So it wasn't like one of those moments where like there was a false finish and the fans right. weren't aware that the match was like they knew like as soon as he hit the spear like they got up they knew what was up. And then, and then, just in case you weren't sure, when he hit the second spear, you mm-hmm. knew at that point, okay, Lesnar's fucked. Mm-hmm. And then he hit them with a jackhammer, and you know, then when he when he pinned them, and the camera zoomed out, and it showed the the shocked face of the fans, like it's almost mm-hmm. like the reverse streak, because that's how it was when he beat mm-hmm. Taker. It was more, but with Taker, it was more of like, like, oh my god, like I'm so sad and angry. But with Goldberg, it was more like, oh my god, like it's almost like it was like for as as like, weird as it sounds. Right, it was like for two minutes we were back in 1998, and that's what made yeah. it work. Like that match was totally catering to, to us, to older mm-hmm. wrestling fans, and I think yeah. that's kind of where the disconnect comes in because a lot of younger fans, well, not necessarily younger fans, but a lot of fans that did not grow up during that era, they're probably looking at last night feeling ripped off, mm-hmm. and I can understand how they feel that way. But I mean, it is what it is. But um. At the end of the day, though, really what this all comes down to is, and I did a post about it on PWP and everywhere, what it really comes down to is that Vince McMahon doesn't find, they don't they don't find anybody on the roster credible enough to defeat Brock Lesnar, and that's not, that's not due to lack of effort because they have a lot of superstars. It's, it's because of the the shoddy 50-50 booking. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, you know, like I said in my post, I probably might get heat on this, but probably the better idea at the time, maybe maybe Roman should have beaten Lesnar in Mania 31 by having Heyman turn on Brock or having Roman go heel to, to defeat to that defeat Brock. That was supposedly Brock. on the table if mm-hmm. Lesnar was going to lose. Supposedly mm-hmm. what, what there were a couple scenarios on the table, and... It was going to be Lesnar losing to Roman, and it was either going to be WrestleMania or Raw the night after where Heyman was going to turn, and that's how they were going to write Brock off, that he was going to just get destroyed by a heel Roman mm-hmm. and, uh, and then leave. Like, that In a was- retrospect, that may have been the better idea in the long term. And uh, you know, because I felt bad for Roman last night because he was, he was working hard. I'll, I'll give everyone credit last night. I'm not really a fan of Rollins. Um, I'm not really a fan of Orton, but 
those you know those type of matches you know like three v three or that last, tag team. Let me tell you something. That lasts. I'm glad you're you're giving them credit because that lasts. I don't know what it was six seven minutes when it was mm-hmm. Rollins and Reigns against against Wyatt and Orton. I mean those guys, all four of them, even Harper on the outside. Mm-hmm. Those guys. I mean they brought it. And you know what the the fans were eating it up. They just they excel. It up. Yeah. They 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 excel in that kind of environment. Like I've I've, I've never really been a singles guy on Rollins. I've never really been a singles guy on Reigns. I've been hot and cold on Orton. But in in that type of environment, like in six v six, three v three, two v two, like in those type of crazy tag matches, they just excel. It's like night and day. And Roman mm-hmm. was working really really hard. But the fans, they just they just weren't having it because <laughs> it was in Canada, and he's Roman, and they were just booing mm-hmm. everything. You know, a lot of unfortunately, most fans have just made up their mind on Roman. They've already they already see this guy as a they want this guy to be Cena. So like no matter what he does, yeah. um, you know. Also, shout outs to Corey Graves for uh, actually naming that move the uh, Niagara Driver. I didn't even know that was what it was called. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Well, that's, that's a nice name. I hope Roman continues to use it. Yeah, I, so. yeah, that 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 like razor's edge type thing into the power bomb. Mm-hmm. He was pulling that out in the AJ feud, and I, I I'm sure I said it to you. I know I said it to Nate, but I said that's what he should be using as his finisher. Yeah, it definitely looks good. It looks, I you like know, it. Yeah, he and he pulls it off. He he like he he did it to AJ a bunch of times, and he pulled it out last night. And yeah, he. He's he's smooth with it. He there's no there's nothing with that that he doesn't. He just needs a submission now. That's what he needs. He needs a a submission so he doesn't have to use the Superman punch so many times. No, but you know what? He can use that Niagara driver as like a power move, and I think that would work for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he would use that. That would that would work, especially with the height that he gets on it. You know, when when he's got you up there, I mean. You're probably almost seven feet in the air. It looks know. like a finisher you'd see in the Attitude Era. Like it reminds me of a move like D'Lo Brown would have did. I don't know why. It just gives me like a move that it just reminds me of something that I would see like an, as a finisher, like like right in the heart of the Attitude Era, like '99, yeah. 2000. Yeah, right along the page with like a sky high. Mm-hmm. You know, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they look they look good. So, you know, just just to finish up on Brock, the story making the rounds is apparently. Brock and Vince kind of brainchild this, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it, it, that goes to my my thing, and I know you've agreed with me is that Brock will do business. You just have to talk to him about it. Yeah. You know, um, apparently Brock came up with the idea, went to Vince, Vince loved it, and then they went to Goldberg. So, you know, we'll see where it goes today. WWE is teasing for Raw tonight something on Goldberg, like what's next for Goldberg. So, mm-hmm. we're going to get something tonight. And, um, you know, shout-outs to Goldberg for, uh, you know, actually wearing his WWE trunks. He didn't have to mm-hmm. do that. You know, he wore his – I was expecting him to do his WCW uh, trunks, but he wore his WWE trunks. Yeah. Um, they did his entrance, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't – they didn't – they did not try to um, – I think they learned a lot from their uh, errors with Sting – when they made them, when they did Goldberg's entrance, it was exactly how it was in WCW. You know, the yeah. locker room, the security guys walking to the ring, um, like literally, like at the end, of that match was literally like that was for us. That was that was yeah. totally catered to older fans from the from the early ruthless aggression, 
late Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars, like during that entire match, it was as if like it was 1998 for like literally two minutes. And mm-hmm. that was why it's so, that's why like the reaction to this is just so uh, mixed because it's like you're not really hearing anyone indifferent about it. Either people loved it or they thought it was mm-hmm. like, you know, stupid. And I'm, and most of the folks that I'm seeing that did not like this match are primarily folks that are post-2005. Like, you know, by the mm-hmm. time Batista and Cena, you know, like these are dudes that didn't really watch the Monday Night Wars. They didn't really watch the Attitude Era. Like, they're not used to this style of, of booking, you know. So I can definitely understand the disconnect mm-hmm. with them, you know, because when guys like Sabu, like, because when I was younger, you know, back in 2005 when they were doing the ECW invasion stuff, I didn't get it either because I didn't watch ECW. I didn't, mm-hmm. so I didn't get it. So when I saw dudes like Sabu and Sandman and, like, Lance Storm, like just incredible. Like when I saw those dudes, I didn't get the appeal. But as I grew up older and, and looked back at the ECW stuff and then looked at ECW One Night Stand again, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. So it's just kind of one of those things where I think a lot of fans, genuinely, I mean, I'm not trying to call out fans or anything, but I think a lot of fans, they, they have access to the WWE Network, but they really don't utilize the 999. They might yeah. Use, they might they might watch NXT. They might Look at watch. Your money's worth. Right, yep. you know, if if you got some time to kill, go on the network. Go watch a random Attitude Era show. Go watch mm-hmm. a random Nitro. Go back. I mean, you're paying the 9.99 for it, so you might as well like you know enjoy it what it's worth. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of fans they really don't utilize the network. They don't just watch current present day shows or like NXT, but they don't mm-hmm. really go into the library. And I I really. If you're a younger fan listening to this, you really should. Go on Nitro. Yeah. Go watch Goldberg versus Raven. Go watch Brock Lesnar versus Spike Dudley. Go watch Brock yep. Lesnar versus Jeff Hardy. Go watch yep. Go watch Goldberg versus, like, Mean. Like, that's literally how these mm-hmm. matches were back then. They would go in there and just kill dudes in, like, three yeah. minutes, and it yeah. worked. Yeah. You know, de- definitely. And, I, and you know what? I said it to you and I said to Aaron last night, and you know what? Say what you will about the current product. Say what you will about creative direction. But when was the last time you had a show? And there were some questionable decisions, which we'll get into on this, you know. But when was the last time they had a real big show that we were having, that we were talking about? But we were talking about because we were having a conversation about what happened and where does it go to next mm-hmm. versus oh, my God, I can't believe they fucked this up. I can't believe they booked this. Or who was the idiot that thought this was a good idea? We walked away from that main event last night, and it was me, you, Aaron, Jay. I think Zach was on the conversation, too. And you know what? We were actually talking about, okay, what comes next? Right. Right. Like, normally, when WWE pay-per-views end, it's just business as usual. Yeah. but now yeah. fans are actually like trying to figure out like what's going to happen right. next. Almost right. kind of like must... go, where does the Lesnar right. character go from here? What's next for Goldberg? You know, what, what role does Heyman play um, in all this? Yeah, the, the, you know, and, and I can't remember the last time in unison where a bunch of us who normally talk after these shows we're all on the same page about it. Only two other times, one was mixed and the other was positive. The other other two times was when Taker lost at WrestleMania and when Sting debuted at Survivor Series. 
because the impression at the time was that Sting was mm-hmm. going to show up the very next night, which he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I remember the ratings for that uh, Raw after uh, after that particular Survivor Series were very high, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. I think the rating was like, it was five point something. I remember that. It was like 5.1, 5.2. It was like one of the highest ratings they had in years, yeah. which well, really got, showed. And, and here's what's interesting tonight. <clears throat> you got a soft football game. Mm-hmm. It's it's Oakland Houston. It's not a oh my god you know, I mean Monday Night Football is still gonna draw, but it's not a you know a big game make a break like the Cowboys against the Giants or the Patriots against you know the mm-hmm. Broncos. You got a chance here, you know. And then next week a lot of shows are gonna hit their winter finales. I know Gotham has their winter finale next week. Mm-hmm. So you got you got shows are going on hiatus. I don't. The Monday night schedule is not that great going forward. You got a chance here to really kind of build on to this, you know, mm-hmm. and go for, and go from there. You know, you you really you really do, and it, it's really gonna be interesting as to you know what they do tonight. I I know we say this every time after a pay per view, but tonight is so important. Not just for the Lesnar Goldberg thing, but for everything they did last night. And you know, we'll we'll get into you know, but just to kind of wrap up the Lesnar Goldberg thing, if Lesnar, if plans would have stayed as is, there'd be nothing to talk about. There'd be right. No, what, what would there really be to look forward to tonight? You know, you know. So it it, it was a surprise. It was a shock. And you know what? It generated buzz for tonight. And you know what? At the end of the day, isn't that what the goal is? That is the goal. Yeah. And to, to the last row on the Lesnar thing was, like, I knew that they were going to do it mainly because the red flag to me, and when we talked about it before, was a lot of fans were really rubbed the wrong way by Orton Lesnar. Because Orton Lesnar, that was a match that fans have been asking for for years, I mean, because it's one of the matches that they had been avoiding for quite some time. A lot of fans, both casual and hardcore, wanted to see that match. And for years, many fans were always curious, and many fans would always fantasize about the numerous rays that Randy Orton could hit an RKO on Lesnar, mm-hmm. the obvious one being an RKO at an F5. Yeah. And when they did that match, it was so lazy. It was It was exactly as as Dean Ambrose described Lesnar's attitude in that podcast, it was not it was not the match that fans wanted. And it's one thing for for hardcore fans to be upset, but a lot of casual fans were genuinely like not happy with that, and they're the majority. And um, I remember after that SummerSlam ended, I remember uh, lackluster was actually trending on Twitter. Um, normally, when hardcore fans try to make a statement. And when they, you know, do hashtag cancel WWE Network, yeah, sure, it'll trend. But usually when it is trending, it's normally about, like, maybe 5,000 people at most. But after that Brock Lesnar-Orton match, when Lackluster was trending, that had been trending um, over, like, two days. And it had about 800,000 people trending it, which is, like, five times the number of any type of hijack attempt any hardcore fans have ever tried. So I knew right then and there they had to do something different. If Brock, if he defeated Goldberg, then what was going to happen 
is you're just going to get the, the usual post-night promo from Heyman, and then he'll be gone for the rest of the year. And then he just shows up at Rumble, and it's kind of like rinse and repeat, pretty much the exact same thing that happened with Dean Ambrose. Like nothing, nothing's changing, so they had to do something to change it up. They had to do something to get people talking. They had to do something to create buzz. And as we've talked about before on Nate's show, uh, in recent years, WWE has kind of been struggling during the fall you know, because of the sports and all the sitcom shows. No one's really been talking about WWE or pro wrestling in general during the fall. They had to do something drastic to change it up, and I think they succeeded. This is the most buzzwordy I've ever seen WWE in the fall in years. Uh, The last time I even recall any buzz like this was probably the whole um, CM Punk thing, which was like, what, 2011? Yeah. Yeah, it was 2011. They then mm-hmm. they did the uh, Night of Champions, and then he won the title at Survivor Series. Yeah, that was the show where they did Rock and Cena versus Miz and Truth. Yeah, that was 2011. That's the last time I've seen this kind of buzz for WWE this time of year because from 2012 and onwards, it's just kind of been dead during the fall. Yeah. Every single time, it's just fans just sort of tune out, and then they wait till things pick up again, like around the second, third week of uh, January, when it's time for the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And then by February, that's when things get hype and exciting again. And, you know, so I think they're really trying to do their best to break this cycle. And, you know, with social media and with, and with, um, with uh, you know, football and with more and more sitcom shows getting more, more popular, it's only giving WWE more competition. So, you know, I, I give Vince all the credit in the world. Yeah. Um, that was a this smart was a decision last this night. Was a smart, and you know what? It was a ballsy call, too. It, it, it was a ballsy call, say what you will. And even though, you know, it looks like Brock was in on it, still a ballsy call to make for that type, for that match, especially with how, you know, like I talked about it on Friday, how bad the WrestleMania 20 match was. You know, you know it, it took guts to do this. It did, and you know what? I'm, I'm glad they did, and, you know, Lesnar's Lesnar, and it's always an attraction when he shows up, but... I don't remember the last time being this interested in, in, as to what Lesnar does next, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, that's what you need, you know? Uh, so, you know, and I, I, you know, I guess now we'll start with the elimination matches. Um, you want to go, you want to go backwards or you want to start from the top? Uh, we can start from the top, you know, what we'll do is we'll just, um, Go through the matches in order, and then after that, yeah. we'll give our uh, overall conclusion or grade of the show. Yeah. So, okay. So, you had the Raw vs. SmackDown 5-on-5 five five men's men's match. Um, before anything, kudos to Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton, there was a spot where Shane got knocked out. Uh, it was the spear that Roman hit on him. And Orton noticed that uh, Shane's kids were at ringside, actually stopped what he was doing, and went over to his kids. And, like, I guess he saw, like, a look of concern or panic, whatever, on their face. And it basically says that, like, Orton went over and consoled Shane's kids. And then someone mentioned it to Orton on Twitter and Orton actually said, you know, I'm a father. I, I know what it's like to have your kids there when, you know, when stuff goes sideways. So, you know, big, you know, 
you want to talk about a guy that's matured, that's a surefire sign right there. Because you know what, 2005 mm. Orton would have probably sat there and laughed in Shane's kid's face. <laughs> yeah. You know. You would have. Um, you know, just a, a nice gesture by Orton. You know, to sit there to, and be like, all right, you know, I can, I can, I can put things on hold for eight seconds and, you know, take take care of this and let these kids know that their dad's okay. Uh I was surprised. I, I, you know, I thought Raw was going to win. Uh, I liked that they shook up the, the way the eliminations go. One of the things I wasn't sure about was how do you eliminate KO? How do you eliminate AJ? Um, you know, guys like that. And, and they did them well. Um, Owens hitting AJ, uh, not AJ. Who did Owens hit with the list? He hit AJ with the list. He hit AJ with the red list. That's right. AJ didn't get eliminated from that, though. Yeah, getting eliminated that way. And Jericho's look of, like, why did you do that to the list um, was great. Uh, it led to Jericho getting eliminated. Uh, you called, You pretty much called the Strowman spot. Yeah. You know, although very creative having Ellsworth under the ring and holding his leg. I forgot about him. I forgot yeah. to consider him into yeah, my... Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and then, and then yeah. Braun... It saved Braun because Braun didn't have to eat a pin. And Braun, your lasting image of Braun is Braun destroying Ellsworth. So it doesn't even matter that Braun got counted out. Uh, like we said at the beginning, the when it got down to Reigns and, and Rollins against Wyatt and Orton, that six, seven, eight minutes, whatever it was, I thought was just awesome. Um, the only thing is, is that, and this may get lost in the shuffle of it, at what point do they blame Dean Ambrose for what he did? They probably will. I think uh, the Undertaker will. I said last night, I said, yeah. I wonder if Ambrose and AJ are more or less now coming out of last night. I know everyone got excited because of the shield aspect of it, you know, when Reigns and Rollins went mm-hmm. after security guards trying to escort Ambrose out. But once you get past all that and we get to this Tuesday or maybe even next Tuesday, I, I wonder if. AJ and Ambrose are basically double turned. Yeah, they're, they're going to be double turned. And, and, uh, and I you think, said uh, the key thing. Where does Taker fit in all this now? SmackDown uh, won. I think Taker is uh, going to be having a few words with uh, Ambrose, AJ, and yes, even Baron Corbin. But how he, do you go? How, well, we'll get to Corbin in a minute. But how do you go after AJ? Because even though they won, they still were not a team. Um, you know, they attacked each other. See, because first I of missed all, the Ambrose elimination. Did AJ cause Ambrose to get eliminated? Kind of, but not really. What basically happened was, see, what happened was um, they were attacking Braun Strowman. Okay. And then what happened after that, because, see, technically, you, and I could see where this is going, because some folks are saying Ambrose might turn heel. What happened after that was it was during the spot where Strowman was just destroying everybody. And then Strowman... Uh, Ambrose, he, he, like, went for a slam or something. He, like, jumped up the top rope. Strowman caught Ambrose, and he was just walking around with him. AJ actually saved Ambrose. He did the little phenomenal form, and he, and he hit Strowman. And then uh, Strowman dropped Ambrose. So AJ actually saved them, technically. Okay. And then after that, they both got in the ring. And then what they were doing was Ambrose was basically sort of doing, like, the I didn't need your help. And okay. AJ was like, well, it looked to me like you did. 
Yeah, okay. So then, like, so then, like, Ambrose pushed AJ, and then AJ pushed Ambrose, and then Ambrose kind of attacked AJ, and then Shane got in the ring and broke them up. And then after that, um, AJ got up, and then he attacked Ambrose. And so then after that, Shane and AJ rode to the apron, and then Strowman picked them up and then gave them the running power slam, which seems to be, like, his new finisher, which is fucking great because it looks good on him. And I like, okay. and I mark out seeing like old finishers from like so the old Am- days. So Ambrose was the aggressor. Yeah, he was the aggressor because really okay. the story was is that he I, saved I missed the-, the first. I missed the first. I missed the first thing, and then next thing I knew, I um. Mm-hmm. Next thing I knew, Ambrose was. I I went on Twitter to check, and I saw that Ambrose was eliminated, but I didn't see how. So right, right. That's so why I wasn't what, sure. Maybe so what they're AJ, gonna do? What they're gonna do probably is they're probably gonna do like a reverse Orton. Christian, because the thing was, um, I think the crowd was, even though Jericho and, and Owens were for, from Canada, you could tell the crowd was mostly for SmackDown wanting to win that match, yeah. also because of the booking. So when Ambrose was attacking AJ, you could actually hear not not like a loud amount of boos, but you could hear some small boos. And then when Ambrose came back later in the match to attack AJ, that's when you really heard the boos. Yeah. But then when they did the shield thing, it was like Played fans yeah. just kind of forgot about it. They were like, oh, okay, whatever. So what's going to happen probably is that AJ and Dean are going to have their TLC match, and then AJ is going to beat Ambrose there. And so kind of because how it started was when AJ beat Dean, he, he got the low blow, which is how he beat him. Mm-hmm. And then they had the triple threat with him, Cena, and AJ, and then AJ. So what they're probably going to do is he's going to beat him at TLC, and then they're probably going to have, like, one more match where it's like, because, you know, they just they kind of written off Ellsworth since Strowman kind of destroyed him. Yeah. They're probably going to have, like, one more match after that where it's just, okay, man, like, you and me, one-on-one, no Ellsworth, no one shenanigans. Time, yeah. Yeah, and Ambrose is going to give AJ gonna everything end, he has. We're, we're going to end 2016 with a bang, or we're going to start 2017 with a bang. And right. Yeah, they'll be on, either on the last or the first smack. Yeah. Right. They'll have like one last match, and AJ will just beat him legit clean. And so the story will be that like even on Ambrose's best day, he just can't beat AJ. Period. Mm-hmm. And then that frustration will probably turn him heel. So it's going to be kind of like what they did with Christian Orton, except the reverse is is that when AJ beat him at first, he was you know doing heel shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But then it's like over time, AJ's like, fine, I'll, I'll beat you clean just to prove that I can, and then he'll do it. And I think that uh, Ambrose is just going to slowly kind of just I, But turn. the question is, where does Taker fit in all this? Because everyone, thought, everyone thought it, well, the whole thing was Team SmackDown was going to lose, Taker was going to go after one each and every one of them one by one, and it was going to cultivate with AJ at the mm-hmm. Rumble. The problem is now SmackDown won – and I'll go back and watch the beginning of the match just to see it. But it looks like AJ was healed by Ambrose. He was. So, so he was. how do you justify going after him? Oh, well, you just have to see where it goes. I mean, yeah. you know, usually usually with Taker, it usually comes with like a disrespectful comment or something. So, And I think another thing that's going to probably go into effect is you have to understand that uh, I know Shane was legit hurt as well. So since Shane was hurt... You also have to understand that from from what I saw, uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry Shane's hurt, but this might actually work better for the story because it seemed as if, like, Taker 
was basically giving a nod of respect to Shane, almost kind of as if, like, you know, I respect Shane, and as long as Shane is here, like, you, you see what I'm saying? Kind of like mm-hmm. uh, Shane will kind of keep the dog at bay, if that makes sense. But now Shane, he's, he's probably going to be gone for a while, so it'll just be Brian. So if yeah. Taker shows up, if someone takes, if someone throws shade at Taker, if someone makes a jab at Taker, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if an Ambrose or an AJ was to, like, throw shade at Taker, yeah. make a comment, I could see Shane coming out and, like, basically talking Taker down. But now yeah. Shane's not there. So there is no one to kind of stop him. So that's right. probably what they're going to do. Okay. And, and it looks like Brian, he's already going to be occupied with The Miz and Corbin. So he, I don't he's know up. about that. We'll get. I don't know about that. I, I, I would not be surprised if, if what you call it, they they start doing trades. Oh, hopefully, hopefully. I, 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 yeah. I, you can't keep teasing this stuff up with Brian not being able to wrestle. I don't that's, know where it's going. It's very confusing. That's the problem. Like, you know, <clears throat> like now they're saying it looks like Ms. Ziggler is going to pick up again. So what was the point? Okay. Yeah, very, very, very bipolar. But, you know, bipolar book. Which is fine. Like, I heard that they wanted to keep a heel aspect because they wanted – they didn't want Zayn to lose, like, clean. Which, okay, that, if that's your reasoning, that's fine. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. But, you know, I could see – you know what they're going to do? I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. Brian's going to start just start sending everybody to get that icy title belt off the Miz. Ziggler, Cruz, uh, I don't know, who's the next level tier faces on SmackDown? The mid-tiers um, kind of suck on SmackDown, <clears throat> so they really yeah. need to start doing trades. Yeah, and I could see him, oh, I could definitely see him trading Corbin. I could see him yeah. trading, like, you know what, you, you screwed us out of the Cruiserweight division, I'm not even going to deal with you, you're gone. And he pulls a trade in. And maybe because Stephanie was kind of like, well, it wasn't like that backstage segment with Stephanie mm-hmm. and Foley, when Foley was like, well, it wasn't Sami Zayn's fault. And she only said, well, it wasn't totally his fault. Maybe you see Zayn for Corbin. That's fair. You know, and That's then, fair. yeah, because, I mean, why would you not want to do Ziggler, Zayn, Miz in a, in a triple threat? Like, That'd be a good ladder you... match. But yeah, I exactly. think they're gonna do. They're already gonna do TLC with Ambrose, though. So well, I guess that, just that's be TLC. You get four, you get four matches on that show. You get the table match, the chair match, the ladder match, oh. and then the TLC match. Right. Okay. Well, that can open the show then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you, I could see that happening. I think Corbin. I'd be shocked if Corbin's on SmackDown after after Tuesday night, because Brian said I'll deal with this on Tuesday. I, I can't deal with this now. I wouldn't be surprised if Corbin's gone for Zane. And I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, no, see, he can't do anything with Miz. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I thought the uh, five, five on five match, uh, I thought that match, and I thought Goldberg Lesnar delivered, uh, but I thought the yeah. undercard was pretty shit. Um, everyone did their good, everyone did good. Everyone did a good job. Um, they made Strowman come off like a beast. Yeah. Uh, Shane's offense was unorthodox, different, but effective. Shane um, was terrible, they, by the way. <laughs> the only real negative <laughs> I give the match was the way that uh, Owens was eliminated. I got it, but it was kind of weak, especially considering where they were located at. But it I was guess, whatever. I guess, yeah, but I guess the, it was a better option than having them get pinned. Yeah, I suppose. 
Um, yeah. Everyone looked good. Uh, again, like I said before, not really a Rollins fan, but in, in that kind of environment, he just excels. That's you know, he, he's really good. I just I just see Rollins more as a tag guy to me. Like that's just where he just looks really comfortable. Um, um, the match was very good. Um, the right team went over. And probably lost in the shuffle of all this craziness is for the very first I was time. Waiting for you to go there. Bray finally got a big win, finally. And I, as far as I'm concerned, this is his first real ever big win on a big stage. Period. Mm-hmm. Because every time he's been given a match on a big stage, um, where it matters, like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or a Hell in a Cell, he loses. So this is really, as far as I'm concerned, his first big win. And another thing that caught me off guard is I think for a lot of folks when they did the Orton thing where they were teasing Orton join, I think at first people were kind of like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. It's just something temporary for Orton. You know, he'll turn on him. I don't know about that. You know, he'll turn on him, whatever. But in this match, um, they actually fit very well. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, you, you could still get that turn around the rumble to lead into the Oh, oh I, I still think that's coming. what Wyatt – yeah, I still think that's going to be Wyatt's WrestleMania matches. It's oh, I'm not denying that. I just Wyatt think that. Orton, but I, I think I don't think you're looking at this happening like next week. I this is going to go into. Oh yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to go in for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised. Like I think going into it, many fans assumed it was just going to be something brief, but it's actually starting to work. Um, it is. Yeah, it's just really starting starting to work. Uh, Orton uh, is really starting to reinvent himself a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of times in the match where, like, Orton will get hit and then Wyatt would go check on him, or then Wyatt will get hit and then Orton would check on him. Uh, mm-hmm. They had really good chemistry. Uh, Orton took the spear for him at the end. Uh, Bray Wyatt uh, hit him with the sister Abigail, and then him, Orton, and Harper posed at the end. And I'm just kind of like, wow, like, this is actually starting to work. I'm actually yeah. kind of disappointed because I'm like, damn, if they only had this, like, earlier when Orton was shooting with Lesnar, we may have had some business here. Uh, but unfortunately, they did it afterwards. So I'm, I'm very curious. I, I to changed see. my mind too. I, I I thought TLC would be an automatic, the Wyatts against Undertaker and Kane, only because of the unpredictability of whether or not they would put, um, what you call it, Taker over. I don't I don't even want Taker and Kane working with them. I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't think so. I, don't I think they that. could even it, take it the next step further if they're really serious. I wouldn't actually <laughs> mind seeing Orton and Wyatt. Go after the tag titles. You know, give them a short run. You know, like, really go all the way with it. Uh, this has been a very long time since we've ever seen Orton in a tag team. The, pro- the problem's going to be you're going to get the people that are going to say, oh, look, it took, it took, you needed two single stars to, to run with the tag belts. You know, people, will, people will turn on that idea because you're not keeping the belts within the division. I mean, I won't mind that. I mean, that's what Raw's for. Keep Raw for the actual tag teams. I mean, he's Slater yeah. and Rhino. They're not, they're not a legit tag team either. They're two single guys. No, but you know what the problem is? You've got the specter of Alpha. That's what they, it is. They'll get their time eventually, just not right now. Yeah. But um, the 5-on-5 the five five match was very good, and everyone delivered. And uh, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. The only real bad thing is it was very long. But, I mean, these kind of matches usually are. Yeah. So, um, uh, outside of that, though, I don't really have anything positive to say about the rest of the card. Uh, I thought the undercard was just garbage. It wasn't very good. My problem um, with the undercard was some of the eliminations 
were very like what like Sasha being the second Raw diva. Yeah, that that was weird. You know, and, and by and by a roll up of all things, that was I weird. Mean, you I have mean, your I'd rather monster. Have that. I'd rather have her get. I'd rather have her get caught off guard than take a than take a finisher. Don't get me wrong, but you couldn't build up Nia and then have her get eliminated, and then if you had to eliminate Sasha, do it then. I just I. Everything uh, they did was weird. They took like, out Nikki Bella with like no build at all. It didn't. It didn't. girlfriend doesn't get pinned. Right. That, that's, uh, that's, they, that's what that's Yeah. Called. They. They. They have your monster Nia Jax just tap out. Um, the elimination yeah, you know they order. They did a decent job of the of the tap out. I thought because Nia looks so strong, and but they, you know, they told. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. A lot of the stuff Nia did was clotheslines, and and. You know, and 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 forearm smash and stuff like that. And even though you're inflicting the punishment, and like I said, maybe I'm just reading way too much into it. Why the disarmor made sense to me? You're still tiring your arm out. You're still, you know. I guess I you just. You know what wasn't... I'm saying? Like you're still having compact contact, and maybe it was just a point where, you know what? I'll get her because the arms beat. To me, this you know, match just it never really got going. Um, the crowd wasn't into it. They weren't into no. any of the undercard matches. Um, no. Minus minus the ending part I'll, of I'll one. I'll tell you though, it doesn't get it doesn't it it. You know, I will say this though: the beating with Charlotte on Bailey after was was very well done and very well placed because I saw a lot of people the last week, especially after Tuesday night on SmackDown, questioning why would you book Bailey to almost look heelish? You know. Yeah, and I know it's part of the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, but like, you know, you needed to get that heat back on Charlotte and to get that, you know, oh yeah, that's right, Bailey's the lovable, yeah, you know, yeah. face who, you know, and she actually did a good like those those Fallout videos backstage that they should air. It's, you know, she actually did a good one like, you know, about so it's fine. The tag one. <laughs> Well, we gotta go no sense to me. We, yeah, we got to go in the right order. So, that's women's match. So the next one was uh, Miz and Zayn. And, again, and this match never really got going. Um, it was kind of slow-paced. Uh, mm-hmm. The fans really weren't into it either. Uh, of course, it's in Canada, so there has to be some type of screw job uh, reference. Uh, at this point, fans should just – they you, you get, fans should be more surprised if there isn't a screw job mm-hmm. reference. So, um, again, the match was just kind of there, and it just kind of begs the question, what was the whole point of it? We'll see where it goes. Hopefully yeah. we get the tray thing. Uh, this led to the tag match, which was very confusing. Now, the reason why this match kind of annoyed me is this is Survivor Series, and typically at Survivor Series, Survivor Series is the show where you showcase new people. It's yep. where new people get their moments and stuff. Uh, I have fond memories of... Uh, I mean, Roman Reigns himself, you know, he had his showcase when he eliminated four people at mm-hmm. Survivor Series. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, he was one of the few guys that was a star from Survivor Series, consistently being the sole survivor. Uh, Rock the Rock, he debuted mm-hmm. at Survivor Series. So Survivor Series is typically the type of show where new people and new teams get their, their shining moment. So when they eliminated the New Day, like, really early, I saw that more as, oh, okay, they're eliminating the established guys first as a shock moment, and then 
it'll come down to like the new teams basically like bringing the victory. So when I saw the New Day being eliminated, in and my mind pass against Alpha, right, 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 teams, yeah, right. That that was kind of how I saw. It. But then they eliminated them both like very early, and then it came down to Sheamus and Cesaro against the Usos. And, you know, the finishing part of it was good, but it didn't make any sense because it's like, okay. And the okay, payoff was good. The, I, mean, I mean, they used it to, ju- you know, for them to get the title match tonight. And that's fine. And that's but, fine. But it's just, it was the wrong teams. They were complete wrong teams. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, so the Usos are heels, and then you have Sheamus and Cesaro, which kind of have like this Team Hell No thing. Like, if anything, the booking that I saw was, okay, you want to have the New Day eliminated early? That's fine. Then you could do something with uh, you could have like a miscommunication between Sheamus and Cesaro, like that's believable. Have them yeah, be eliminated anybody, that way. Yeah, exactly. If anybody would have fit that role, it would have been them. Right, you know. And then you could then you could basically just have like American Alpha, like it's the sole survivors. Like that's mm-hmm. that's typically what Survivor Series is. It's a showcase for new people and new teams to to get their moment, and they just went the total opposite direction. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I did not like this. I did not like this. I mean, the, no, the I last, yeah, I didn't like this match at all, and, and now they're giving Sheamus and Cesaro uh, uh, a tag team title thing, and I don't know what the deal is, because New Day has been losing a lot lately. Um, and I'll put the it thing, like this. There's one or two things that needs to happen tonight. You either need to pull the plug on New Day's tag title run, which I think would be anticlimactic if they did, uh, or you need to have Sheamus and Cesaro completely implode tonight. They can. It's just they've kind of booked themselves in the corner because they've done all this with Sheamus and Cesaro. So it's like it's got to lead to something. They they kind of booked themselves in the corner here. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you you went through that best of seven series. And not only that, but you have them be the sole survivors. They were the sole survivors mm-hmm. of this team. So to do all of that, and at the, and at the same time, I mean, New Day has been losing a lot. Yeah. They lost to they lost to Gallows and Anderson. They lost in the six man to Rollins, yep. Jericho, and Strowman. Strowman, yep. And and they eliminated and they were eliminated here. So First, yeah. So it's like I I I they're holding on to the belt so long. So my idea is, you know, since they've held on to the belts this long, you might as well have them break demolitions record. But then at the same time, you're booking them like shit, and then you're booking Sheamus and Cesaro like they're your next team. So I don't – they got to make a decision tonight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, got, I was, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's got to be either one of those two things. It can't just be New Day wins and then Sheamus and Cesaro next week are fighting the Shining Stars. Right, it's no. It's got to be New Day wins and Sheamus and Cesaro need to implode and demand like one more match at the next – whatever the Raw pay-per-view is to settle yeah, so, it, to, to happen three and three. Or – and they beat I don't New Day. Agree. Yeah, right. it, it's got to be one or the either. other. It, it can't just be, you know, okay, you know, th- yeah, it, it, it's it's got to go from either one extreme or the other. It can't just be, mm, they you know, got a New, choice Day, to New make Day wins tonight. by DQ. Yeah, they, you, yeah. they got, a, they they got a big choice to make tonight. Well, the only advantage that I can see to New Day losing is Rumble is around the corner. And, you know, if you want to plant seeds to a breakup, you can't. Yeah. I think it's a little. I think they still got some steam left, but they do. I I think I'll I'll be honest with you. I think they got another good heel run left in them. I agree. Especially I agree. with Enzo and Cass. Especially with Enzo and Cass, they got another good heel run left in them. Mm-hmm. They could totally work heel against them. Yeah, they could. But yeah. uh, that was that tag match was definitely the weirdest one, and then the last one on the undercard was. Uh, 
Kalisto against Kendrick, and uh, you know this was what it was. They were working hard. Uh, the fans didn't really seem to care, and then Corbin just interfered. He hit Kendrick first, and then he hit um, Kalisto. So um, you know Kendrick won there by DQ. So and, and, uh, which yeah, which is surprising. Everyone, you know, that was another thing. You know, all the Kalisto's going to win the cruiserweight title, and and that division's going to go on SmackDown because of 205 and all this stuff. And, you know, same thing with, I remember reading something yesterday morning. SmackDown's going to win the undercard, and Raw's going to win the main event. Lesnar's going to beat Goldberg. <laughs> it's basically, and this is going to be the, well, not so much the theme for Saturday as well, but to a degree, it was almost as if WWE saw what was out there, and Hunter and Vince said, watch how fast we can say fuck you to all this. Yeah, it was basically WrestleMania 32 all over again. It was like they but, but did the reverse. But not as maliciously. But not yeah. as maliciously. Yeah. They, see, WrestleMania 32 was a fuck you in the sense of literally, fuck you. This was more of a sense of, oh, yeah, you think what we're, you know what we're doing? Well, watch. We're going to go left when you think we're going to go right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but, the undercard was not very good, but uh, I thought the main two matches, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, Saturday night, uh, Rude Dillinger kicked off. Rude won. I mean, that was expected. Any anything on that? Uh, yeah. The, the Rude's open entrance was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dillinger's entrance was really cool. Um, the match was good. Not very good, but just good. But the truth of the matter I is, I expected is that, a little more, and I yeah, expected the, a little more out of Dillinger. Yeah, but I think what really happened was is that they were both in Canada, and, they, and they're both from Canada, so I think they both kind of knew, like, we can pretty much just do anything, and the fans are going to eat it up anyway. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, the match was, uh, it was okay. It wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just good. Um, yeah, but this is the before, first time spot for Dillinger. Rude could afford to do that. Dillinger can't. I, I, mm. I worry about that. This was the hardest match to predict of of anything from both shows because it really could have mm-hmm. gone either way. But in the end, they had Rude win, which is fine. Um, so it was over. And, and typically speaking, in a lot of these takeover shows, when someone's done, they sort of like give them their moment, sort of. So they gave him his moment. So I'm not sure what's next for him. I think he's done. Um, I never realized how long he was in developmental. And so that's that's awesome. He's been yeah, in developmental. Who was he in ECW? I don't know. I I don't I don't recall. Okay. All, all I know is he was in FCW. He was in WWE, ECW, yeah. and he was in NXT. So yep. Um, he so was actually this, Jason Jordan's original tag team partner, and then they yeah, broke up. They broke up, and right. So um, I never realized how long he had been in uh, developmental. So it's been quite a journey for him. So mm-hmm. I I think this is probably the the end for him and. Uh, I think he ends up on SmackDown because SmackDown definitely needs the the mid carders a little bit more mm-hmm. than Raw does. So uh, he could debut as early as tomorrow for all. Yeah, of that could be another guy. Like if if like I said, you know, Brian's going to send out guys to go after Miz. Mm-hmm. You know, I got so. somebody in NXT who deserves an opportunity. <laughs> so, but yeah, the match was good, and uh, Rude he'll stay in NXT and will continue to troll us like he always does. Uh, the next match was uh, TM61 against the uh, Altars of Pain. Um, this match never really got going. There were a few cool spots. Uh, the little the scalpel spot at the beginning was neat. It was very uh, X Division-ish. That kind of was cool. Uh, the cage hanging above the ring was cool. 
Uh, I like that. Yeah, um, it's it was, so old school. Yeah, very old so school. Old school. Haven't haven't you know, seen that in a in a long very time. long time. Late eighties, early nineties, WCW. Yeah, I think there was a botch with the with the chain. I think he was supposed to hit him with the chain, but it kind of slipped out of his hand. So they just you know they went ahead and did their normal finish anyway. So mm-hmm. the Altus of Pain won. Um, now, two things I noticed about the trophy ceremony. Uh, one, um, I don't I don't care anyway. I'm not trying to nitpick, but Triple H, you can show up to congratulate them, but you can't give an explanation for why you attack Seth. That's really bad writing, dude. Really bad writing. I don't care anyway. I mean, because I don't I don't really care about Rollins, but still, like that's that's really bad writing. That's lazy yeah. writing right there. Secondly, I find it really weird that like Dustin is still in WWE and Cody's not. That's just that was really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I was very. I, mean, I don't have a brother. Um, I'm an only child. But if I had a brother that worked, if, if I had a brother and we worked for the same company, and my brother got screwed over, I wouldn't feel comfortable working for them. But everyone has their own relationship, I guess. I was you told by Jay that Dustin and Cody weren't even raised together, so that could be it. I don't know, but I just thought the tournament. I thought this was probably the you know most awkward is, thing. Real quick. Is part, I think part of it has to do with a lot of the fact that I'm sure Dustin understood where Cody was coming from and, and and felt for him. But I think with Dustin, WWE, at the end of the day, took care of him. You know, they, I mean, mm. who would have thought with all the stuff Dustin's been through and all the stuff Dustin's, you know, done and is, you know, 21 years later... He'd still be here, you know. Mm. I, I think that is a big part of it. Like, you know, you know, I, I really do think that that played a role in it. Yeah, um, the, the both teams worked hard. Uh, I just, I just found the trophy ceremony to be really awkward. Yeah, <laughs> that was just me. So now the Elders of Pain, they won the second tournament. Um, you know, last year the first winners were Joe and Balor, and um, the the and the story they're trying to tell is uh, just making it to the finals accelerates you in some way. You know, Joe became the NXT champion, Balor was already the champion, and then he went to the main roster and won the Universal Title. He, uh, Rhino and Baron Corbin made it to the uh, finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhino is now SmackDown Tag Champion, and um, Baron Corbin won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. So the story they're trying to tell yeah. is that just simply by making it to the finals, uh, is good it, enough. It, yeah. it elevates you. So, uh, so it's up to NXT and it's up to WWE to to keep the pattern going. I mean, obviously the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on paper, <coughs> it doesn't mean that much. But if they really want to make this tournament mean something, then hopefully well, we'll see Corbin, where it goes. And, and don't get me wrong, this isn't saying much compared to the other guys, but you. Corbin's probably been the most successful of the three winners. <laughs> I mean, not that Corbin's lighting the world on fire, but, you know, look at what's, where Cesaro was by this time. Big Show, I mean, what was Big Show, you know? Mm. I mean, at least Corbin, it's November heading into December, and Corbin's still somewhat relevant on SmackDown, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, so we'll, we'll have to see where they'll go. Uh, I would assume probably that... um. 
when I look at TM61, I just see um, um, I, I, I see them probably being on SmackDown someday. You know what hurts down the TM61? You know what hurts TM61? I'll be honest with you. Not having DIY. personality? No. DIY. Oh. They can't be a face team. Well, they can't be the top face team because DIY is more over than them. Well, not only that, but, like, they're almost similar as far as, like, their looks, their styles. Like, I feel like that's what really, really hurts them. Well, that's why I think that they will be better off. Um, I I could see them quietly, one, not anytime soon, but I could see them within the next, like, probably... Six to eight months, six I months, can see yeah. them quietly probably going to SmackDown. Yeah, uh, I go think to the main blue, roster. Yeah, I and, think and a lot of people will turn around and be like, well, why'd they go first? And it won't be a case of that they're better necessarily than anybody, but it might be a case of just better for everybody involved. Right. You know, because, um, I mean, you know, yeah, I just, I think they're just, they're too similar. And I, you know, that's the problem, you know, right. and... and well, I think that's I, what hurts them right now. Well, I, I see them quietly going to SmackDown. I think the blue titles will look good on them, and I think probably Authors of Pain are probably going to go after the uh, the NXT tag titles mm-hmm. in, the, in the future, and then they'll probably get a run as well. But this is like, you know, this is a ways off. This is probably 2017 by that yeah. point. So, you know, let uh, Gargano and Ciampa have their run for a while, mm-hmm. which goes into the next match, which was... Uh, yep. The two out of three falls match. Uh, I, I enjoy two out of three falls match. It's not really a match most companies do anymore. The match uh, of the year, hands not down. even Ring of Honor that much. So, um, yeah, we'll get into Ring of Honor too. Uh, Ring of um, Honor did something very uncharacteristic for them this weekend. Yeah, it was very weird. I'm not sure what that's yeah. about. Um, I just should be noted that on Twitter, um, after this match with uh, DIY and the Revival. Um, they both tweeted on Twitter. Um, they put top guys out, and the other guy put, it's been real, which, you know, lets me know that's probably it then, because usually when folks say it's been real, they, you know, it means later. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's what they tweeted on Twitter. It's still there. It wasn't like they deleted their tweets or anything. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of times I've, I've noticed, maybe it's probably, it's probably because they're heels, but, I've noticed a lot of times heels, they don't really get send-offs in NXT. They probably no. should. You know, they usually just kind of lose a match, and that's it. You know, Owens lost, and that was it. Uh, Sasha lost the match. That was it. Um, I think the Wyatt family, they were technically heels, but the fans were cheering them anyway. They kind of mm-hmm. had their last NXT segment, um, and then they left. Uh, Bo yeah. Dallas lost. That was it. So a lot of heels in general, they don't really get the send-offs that faces get. They just lose. And that's it. Yep. So you could argue that the revival gets a, a rematch clause, but truth be told, there's not that much they can do in NXT anymore anyway. No. So it's probably one of those times where they'll just be like, you know what, you guys can just, you all can go. So um, yeah, the match was really good. Um, enjoyed it a lot, and um, just a lot of old school stuff the revival does that um, you don't really see anymore. Uh, just a lot of stuff they do. It just reminds me of, like, just straight up, like, NWA stuff. Like, um, you know, like, um, they'll sneak to the corner and pull you off the rope, and then you'll tag with the ref didn't see it. Or uh, when you're trying to, you know, when they're trying to do an Irish whip, and then one of them will hold the other's hand to prevent you from falling. And then, you know, just, just a lot of old school stuff. 
My only concern about the revival is it's pretty much the same concern I have for the Vaudevillains is that that style is very old school and it's very cavalier, and I worry that casual mainstream fans will be able to catch on to that. And I'm not really convinced that the mainstream casual fans can really understand what the revival does because today's fans are not conditioned to that type of tag team wrestling anymore. So um, I do think that they would be safer on SmackDown, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I I understand why they would go on Raw as well. They make more sense, too, to um, to go on SmackDown. They would because, because you know, there's they're very similar to uh, well not very similar but I think they're very serious because their their catchphrase is no flips just fists so yep. they're all about the business but then Gallows and Anderson have a pretty similar gimmick as well so yeah. if, if you were to have them both on the same brand it would be it would be see my argument just now about TM61 and, and DIY right right right, right. so and I think I think. The revival can make a bigger impact immediately on SmackDown because of Slater mm-hmm. and Rhino, whereas I think New Day, it would be a little harder um, to to do that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I mean, who knows? You know, unless they they show up tonight and lay out Cesaro, Sheamus, and New Day. You know. But I mean, you could you could do that. My gut just tells me for some reason they're going to go to Raw. I don't know why. I just got a bad feeling. Not. You know, it's like the reverse. It's like whatever you think they're going to do, they do the opposite. You know, Vince mm-hmm. is just like that sometimes, just yeah. to change it up. That's kind of what yeah. I hear. So I mean, don't get me wrong. If the Revival can get the rub of being the ones to, to end New Day, that would be great for them. And then if you want to go into WrestleMania like the Revival against Enzo and Cass, that that's fine. I just then feel bad for the for the club, who mm-hmm. will probably be the odd guys out here and need to probably turn around and count their days until the um, next Tim draft. Ballard. So maybe they can go to <laughs> next Smackdown. draft. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever plans they had for them, they really got kicked to the curve when Finn Balor got hurt. I, I truly yeah. believe they had something. And mine was in Balor, and then when Balor got hurt, it was almost as if like creative was I, just I, like see, I, okay. I, I thought they were going to end up. They would have ended up being with Rollins, mm-hmm. just when you thought they were going to reform like the Balor and this and that, and then they turn on him and go with Raw. Like I could have really seen that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you they know, can but... initiate some kind of um, trade or something with them. So Maybe yeah, this tag be... match was a was very good. Um, a lot of false finishes and near. Are you buying into? Are you buying into the uh, match of the year? No, that that's that's used really? too much for NXT. So, like, to me, the match of the year is, is when people don't even say it is. I'm I'm tired of people using that word every NXT takeover. It's kind of annoying. So, okay. yeah. But the match is very good though. Uh, it was very very because uh, it was a very good tag team match. And uh, you know, there's one thing I, I will give the NXT tag matches over um, the Ring of Honor tag matches. Um, Ring of Honor tag team and New Japan tag teams, like those tag teams are great. You know, uh, Young Bucks, Briscoes, uh, The Addiction, uh, Seidel, and Ricochet, uh, Rapongni Vice, all the different, you know, Bullet Club variations and stuff like that. But the one flaw that I give all those tag teams, you know, great workers, great tag team matches, but the one thing that they all do 
is they go out there and they hit these crazy sequences of moves and you think it's over and then they kick out at two. And then it's like when the match finally ends, it's like a, a small package. But on NXT, when they have tag matches, whether it's DIY, whether it's American Alpha, whether it's Revival, whether it's TM61, whether it's the Authors of Pain, every time there's like a crazy sequence and you think it's over, instead of a kick out, it's like one of the partners interrupts the pin. You know, those pin breakups. You don't see that anymore. You know what I mean? I really like that. I, I appreciate the pin breakups. You know, there was a spot, I think, in the match where Gargano got hit by like a European uppercut into a German suplex. And I was like, this is it. This is over. And then like, and then Ciampa broke up the pin. And I was like, man, if that was Ring of Honor in New Japan, he would have kicked out. <laughs> so so I, I do think, I do think, I don't, I don't, I don't think this was match of the year. But I do think that NXT or Triple H is more in tune with old school tag team wrestling than the independents are. And that might be an unpopular opinion. And so if yeah. guys like the Young Bucks, if guys like the Briscoes, if they ever one day, if they ever do want to come to WWE or NXT, they definitely have to get out this kick out of two stuff out of their well, system. Well, it's not only that, too. I, I, I think the Bucks, I mean, they have to and, – and, and they can do it because I've gone to indie shows where they've been – you know, they've just done exactly what you need them to do. But this whole thing that every move needs to be a super kick, like, yeah, that's the thing with the box. Like, you <laughs> have to get out of this whole super kick party, you know, mentality. And, you know, that just, that worries me mm-hmm. with them, like only because it seems like they've fallen so far into it. I, I know what they say, like, once you make, you know, you ride a bike, you never forget, but, you know, how long after you ride a motorcycle, you know, how how long after you start riding a motorcycle do you, you only know how to ride a motorcycle, you know? And mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like the problem is with the Bucks is that it's, it's super kick, super kick, ladder spot, top rope spot, super kick, super kick, <laughs> DX crotch chop, you know, super kick, super kick, you know, like, it's like, all right, you know, but yeah, I, yeah, no, the match was really good, I, I you know, so, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping we see something with the revival in the next couple of days. Yeah, you know, we'll I, see I really so, know. and I hope that they end up on SmackDown, but don't be surprised if they show up on Raw. That's just what my gut is telling me. I don't know why. Yeah. Because the reason I think so is because I remember a while back they did a segment with New Day. It was like a WWE.com exclusive or something. It was like a backstage interaction or something like that. I forgot what it was about. It was just one of those. How did they all end up on the same show? I think it was that random, was it Roadblock? Yeah, it was Roadblock. It was Roadblock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was like earlier this year. Because remember they did Endzone Cast. It was Endzone Cast against Revival. And then, like, yeah. that, that same night, they did, like, a little backstage thing. That's why my gut's telling me they're going to go to Raw. Because they could have done any – if you're going to have the New Day do a segment with an NXT tag team, it could have been any team, and they did Revival. Because the idea at the time was why couldn't they do a, a segment with Enzo and Cass? Because the idea at the time was, you know, they can just joke on each other, you know, like for five minutes, but instead they did the Revival. And after I saw that, I was like, they're probably going to go to Raw. But that was like back in February. Yeah, I remember, so. yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up was Oscar and Mickey. 
I like this match. This match was I good. I did too. The, my only thing is, um, everyone keeps talking about this monster pop, and maybe I just missed it. That Mickey got coming out. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, maybe just you know what it was. I had a lot going on, you know, and I just, um, you know, yeah. I had it on in the background, and maybe I just, I just missed it. Yeah, she had a okay. big pop, and uh, and they cut it off early. Like after the match was over, they were chanting, uh, "Please come back, please come back," and um, they cut it off for some hmm. reason. Uh, it went on actually for about um, about five minutes because they okay. did the uh, the uh, Nakamura Jill thing. Okay. Uh, the, the little vignette, but yeah, she was over. Fans were into her. Okay, um, I, yeah. I like the match. Um, well, I, what I liked I about the good. match was Oscar uh, was doing her usual stuff, and Mickey kind of had an answer for everything she did. And um, Mickey was sort of like uh, just kind of trolling her, just like Mickey, just like Oscar was, was is used mm-hmm. to trolling other folks. And um, even though Oscar won, Mickey was in command for about. 60% of the match. It was kind of like 60% yeah, I was, 40. I was very interested into who they were going to have dominate the, the pace of the match. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought for sure, especially, you know, I mean, it's no secret. I mean, we're getting there very slowly, but Oscar will be going heel. And I, I thought maybe they would have had Oscar work a style that would have been a little more healing, right. which would have been mm-hmm. a little more in control. But yeah, I was very surprised that. Um, Mickey actually controlled. Yeah, she controlled. That it was like six, yeah. it was like sixty forty, and uh, she even hit her finisher to chick kick. And mm-hmm. uh, when she hit her finisher, um, it wasn't like Oscar kicked out. She put her foot in the rope, you know. So that was protecting Mickey and the finisher. It it actually showed a vulnerable side of Oscar. And in the end, what ended up happening was uh, she put Mickey in the chicken wing. Uh, I do agree that the finish did seem kind of rushed. It kind of it came did. out of nowhere. Mickey- Mickey tapped very quickly. Yeah, if it, I I see what they're doing. It's very realistic because a lot of times in UFC, when people put you in that kind of chokehold, a lot of folks they tap out immediately, not because they're done, but because they don't want to risk further damage to their mm-hmm. body. You know, more like tap now and live again to fight another day, sort of. Mm-hmm. So the finish did come out of nowhere. Um, but what I liked about the ending was um, Mickey dominated most of the match. Like think of it more sort of like a basketball game where, like, one team is in command for most of the game, but then towards the end, the other team just manages to clutch it out at the very end, you know, and they win by, like, two points. And so then when they shake hands, the team that barely won, they sort of like, well, it doesn't matter how I won, I won. You know what I mean? So Asuka, she, she sort of, her mannerisms, she was acting as if she dominated the match when really she didn't. You know, so Mickey extends her hand, and then Oscar just kind of like, you know, shrugs her off, kind of like what Samoa Joe and, and Kurt Angle did when Kurt Angle made Joe tap out. And then when Joe offered to shake his hand, Kurt basically just told Joe to fuck off, and he walked mm-hmm. off. You know, so it was kind of condescending, but still not heel yet. Um, so I, I liked it. It was good. Um, Mickey James, she looked good. And um, as far as her future is concerned, uh, I'm not really sure. I know she has other projects. She's always had other projects. I'm sure WWE would love to have her back. I'm I'm sure most people would prefer to see her on SmackDown, but if she should return, she's probably going to go to Raw just because they need to have something else because it's just the NXT horsewoman and mm-hmm. you know Paige is Paige and then you have Nia. So you need to you know you need you need something different. So Mickey's going to add that veteran experience to SmackDown. Uh and not to SmackDown, but to Raw. And uh, I could definitely see some good matches with Mickey and Gail or 
Um, I think Mickey and Charlotte could have some good matches. Mickey and and um, and um, Sasha. I think yeah. that Mickey could have some good matches with Nia Jax too. Mickey is very familiar with working with bigger girls. Yeah, Mickey could sell that good. Yeah, she used to work with Awesome Kong all the mm-hmm. time. So I think a, a girl like Nia Jax would definitely benefit benefit yeah. f- from working with uh, with Mickey. Or she could be an NXT or be a trainer. I mean, you know, um, but the more the merrier. You know, bring, bring all yeah. these chicks back. You know, Victoria, Mickey, Lita. You know, because these chicks are in good shape and and they're just kind of like not doing anything. They're I'm just kind of being wasted. With, with as active as Lita is down in the performance center, I'm surprised they haven't been able to get Lita. Unless maybe she's the next one yeah. for Oscar. I'm surprised they haven't gotten Lita back in the ring at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of these chicks from like the ruthless aggression era, I mean, they're still in good shape, you know, and yeah. they're just they're just kind of sitting there. So it's like it's kind of a waste, really. They should be either being trainers or like being part-time veterans, you know, to help, you know, uh, to help the the current crop of girls get better. So um, whatever Mickey wants to do, um, I'll support her, and it's yeah. really good to see her again. And I think in this era of women's wrestling, um, she'll be okay. Because uh, how it was before, they were just kind of obsessed from the whole model thing, you know. Because when she was there, you know, they had girls like Layla and Maurice and Kelly Kelly, and I mean, there were a few diamonds in the rough like Beth Phoenix, but it, it was mostly models. That was what they were going for back then. Yeah. But now we're going. Now we're entering this new era where we're putting focus more on women's wrestling, and I think Mickey will fit in much better in this era. So uh, great to see her again. And uh, um, we'll just have to see what happens. But whatever happens, I don't expect it to be anytime soon. You know, because it wasn't like she signed the contract. It was I know they signed her for that one appearance. So if she's going to return, you know, they'll have to she'll have to go through you know the physical and signing contracts and you know moving to Florida and and all that. And, and who knows? Maybe she'll bring Magnus with her. We'll have to see. That that would be the most important thing. You know. Mm-hmm. So we got some news coming in. Goldberg is backstage. At Raw. Okay, that's cool. So he'll probably cut a promo, probably at the beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah, Goldberg is backstage at Raw. Um, yeah, I agree with you on the Oscar stuff and the Mickey thing. You know, I, I thought it was fine, and you know, that was fine. Now the other thing, I guess the you know the one thing I took from this, as dominant as Oscar is. I thought it was a mistake not to have, if Ember Moon is going to be the one, not squeezing her into a match on that, on this show to showcase her. I, I think that was a mistake. I, I think they need to kind of be shadowing each other going forward. Mm, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not really getting that vibe from her at all. No, I'm, I'm just saying, if they think she's going to be the one, and that's, a lot of people do think that. I, I'm not I don't, sold on it. I don't think it. she I'm not, is. I'm not either. I don't I'm think not she sold is the on one. it. I think she's going to do what they should have did with Sasha. I think she's going to be the first person to legit bring the NXT Women's title on the roster. Because they didn't do it with Paige. They had her drop Asuka. it. Asuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, I've tossed that around too. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, Asuka does everything. There's nothing left to do. So she just turns around and says, I'm going up there. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I'm leaning that way, but I've seen a lot where people think it's gonna be Moon. And basically, if, the reason if, they think that is because supposedly they've had really good house show matches. Yes, 
But just yeah, because they have good house show matches doesn't mean it's going to translate on right, TV. Right. Like, like I, I thought I brought this up. I think I brought this up Friday. They, they were in triple threats Wednesday and Thursday in New York and Boston, and it got to that point where it was just the two of them, and the crowds went nuts. Like it was the, like, yeah. The problem is, is just like by herself, she hasn't really. I mean, she's good, but she hasn't really done anything like. So far right, on and, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like if not you personally, but if you're of the mindset, whether you're on that creative team or whatever, or backstage, whatever. If if you if that's where they want to go, then they should have had her. Even if it's a quick squash of like a Peyton Royce or Mandy Rose or. Um, what you call it, Billy Kay, whatever, even though they, they faced off at, at TakeOver Brooklyn. You need her on that sh- on this on whatever show Oscar's on, you need her on that show looking just as dominant as Oscar. Yeah, we'll have to see. And um because, I think because that... if she starts losing if she starts losing to Billy Kay or Peyton Royce or Liv Morgan or whoever The problem is is that the the issue that she has is she doesn't have um, the roster to work with to get on that level. And because uh, I've, I've been hearing about her for a while, I know that she's, she was working like NXT live events. And a lot of folks were just kind of like, how come she's not on NXT TV? And I know, like, because when she was there, like, Bailey was there. Yeah, uh, everyone Charlotte was still was there. there. Yeah, they were all right. still there. Right. And it's like, what made it work for chicks like Bailey is when she was building up to, uh, to Sasha, she could go out there and have good matches with, like, Emma. Well, no. Yeah, she beat in three weeks leading into the match at, at TakeOver Brooklyn. She beat Emma, Charlotte, and Becky. Right. She even had though, good matches. Even though Charlotte and Becky were on the main roster, they came right. back to work with her. The problem is... She, Ember Moon her, her doesn't move have that. She is, doesn't. Is these girls are now built up so valuable on the main roster... That Charlotte's not coming back down. They're not coming back Becky's down. Becky's not coming back down. No. Yeah. Nia's not she, coming back down. She's kind of like the reverse Roman Reigns because I know Roman Reigns. I have a lot of friends that have told me that at house shows, he's actually very over and the response is very positive. But on actual TV, like Raw and SmackDown, um, it just doesn't translate. And the thing is, is like a lot of times at house shows, the crowds at house shows are very different from shows oh, yeah. that are from TV because if it's a house show, if it's a live event, it's just casual. You just you're not being recorded. You're just having no. a good time. But if it's like something on TV, like Raw or SmackDown or like if you're in the full cell arena and you know this is gonna be like on the network, oh, you have yeah. fans in a different mindset, they're gonna chant yeah. different stuff, you know. So the the thing about Ember Moon is like she comes out and she just has like these like and this is not to be disrespectful she gives me an X Division vibe, and what I mean by an X Division vibe is like, like for instance, like back in TNA's heydays, you would have like guys like AJ Styles, Daniels, Joe, Kazarian, uh, Saban, Shelley. You had like X Division guys that were like established. Then you have like the second tier X Division guys that were good, but it was like during their run they didn't have the same amount of guys to work with, so you never really viewed them the same, like Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt was a good X-Division dude, but 
he never really had any of those programs with the with the mainstay exhibition dudes because by the time he was there, the guys like Joe and AJ, they were already like main eventer guys in TNA, you know. So like you see a guy like Sanjay Dutt, and you're like, oh, he's okay, he's cool, you know. Like he would just give you like the flavor of the month sort of vibe, you know what I mean? Like he would give you a good match, but that's kind of like what Ember Moon is. She goes out there and she just has like these these you know passable matches with with the crop of talent they have, but there's not a single female talent there to build her up on the level to make you think she can beat Asuka. And, yeah. it's, and it's the like, problem is Asuka was able to benefit from that, from getting Bailey on her way right. out, from getting Mickey to come back and, and, and you know, this is where someone like, her. this is where someone like Paige would be very useful right now. Mm-hmm. If she wasn't going through all the shit she's going through, because this is, would be an ideal time for Paige to just show up because she never lost the NXT title. She had to drop it. They made a mm-hmm. forfeiter. This would be a very good time for Paige to show up for Ember Moon to be Paige. If if Gail Kim didn't have a an expensive husband who's going to take care of her, this would be a good time for her mm-hmm. to randomly show up and she could put over Ember Moon, but that's not going to happen. If Trish Stratus wasn't pregnant, this would be a good time for Ember Moon to beat Trish Stratus. But like you're looking for like who's that one person Where's that crop of talent for for Ember Moon to build herself up, and it's it's not there. So it's, it's like, not, well, and if, if that's why I I feel that if she were to be the one to beat Oscar, let's say whenever the next takeover is, I've heard January, I've mm-hmm. heard March, unless something drastic happens, especially with her and who they are able to get her in to work with, it's gonna be anticlimactic because mm-hmm. it's not like you're gonna have these two collision course we saw we saw women. this with Jay Lethal we saw it with Jay Lethal it was like he was on top for like almost two years and then he loses to Adam Cole I mean yeah but, we, yeah, but the, the difference with that is and you know was that and, and you and I used to always have these conversations like who the hell is going to beat Lethal but mm-hmm. at least Cole there was something there to it Cole had joined the Bullet Club they shaved Lethal's head you know there was at least at least even though it was like, ah, oh, they're going to go with Cole, at least it kind of made sense a little. With Moon, if they just go through the next couple of months of her beating Mandy Rose and Peyton Royce and Billy Kay and uh, Deanna Perrazzo and, and Rachel Ellering and, and all that, no disrespect to any of those women, but do any of them jump up as that one just made Moon a star? Whereas Oscar has... The, the victory over Nia, the two victories over Bailey, a victory over Mickey, where it's like, all right, you know what? Wow, look at who Oscar has beaten, you know, in the last year, year and a half, whatever the case is. They don't have that for Moon. They don't. You know, and that's going to be what hurts her. That's going to be what hurts her. You know, and I don't want to hear. I've heard somebody say, well, Asuka could go heel on somebody and Moon could start making the saves. It's not going to it's not going to it's not going to be enough. Mhm. It's because it's not. You know, I'm sorry if Asuka if they do that, then the best they could do is you could have her beating up someone, then you could have like Moon make the save. And if you do that, at best all you really have is just Seamus Mark Henry where you could do Ember and Oscar at the next takeover, and then you could have Ember come very, very close, like the furthest anybody's ever come. But Oscar still wins. Mm-hmm. But then at the very end, Oscar's like, you know what? You were my best competition. You have my respect, but I still beat you. 
sort of. Now, I heard that they're going to do some type of uh, tournament for female wrestlers, just like the CWC. Uh, I don't know when they're going to do it, but I heard about this. This would be unheard of since, like, they since technically Ember Moon is already part of NXT. What they could do, I mean, don't it would take the tournament. Don't don't do that. Well, don't. that's the only other thing you could do. I mean, what other way can you build her up? Yeah, the talent's I, not there. I know. If you have her beat the NXT talent no, and I, then you have her win the tournament, so you see what I'm saying? Like that's the only alternative. So I mean, I'm looking like I'm looking like I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to see like exactly because like right now, like it's just it's a bad time for um, it's a bad time for female wrestling because any of the females that could help are occupied with something else or. They're like near retirement, like you know, like this is this like this will really be a good time for like a Taryn Terrell or uh, a Gail Kim, a Victoria, a Trish Stratus. Um, you know, like where's yeah, um Victoria? Yeah. Yeah, you know, where's Victoria? Get her. Uh, where's um? Uh, she's not she's not a WWE name. Where's Where's Angelina Love? Where's Velvet Sky? Mm-hmm. Where Where are they? You know, like yeah. signing you know signing them to like a one night thing would would help. You know they're not WWE names, but they're names. They're they're you know the the women's no disrespect to women female listeners out there, but the women's wrestling world is a lot smaller, so more folks know about those names. You know I think a lot of I think it's an Angelina Love or a Velvet Sky. It's a TNA name. You know what was her name? Winter. Remember Winter? Remember that chick? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. If, if someone like that showed up in Full Sail, those fans would pop. They know who they are. You know the women's wrestling world is much smaller. If someone like that was to show up. You know, it would help. Um, Veda Scott, she signed. She's with Ring of Honor still. Uh, I thought she, was, she quit. I thought she quit. She may have quit? Okay, maybe I think she, she quit. quit. I think she quit ROH, or she was done, yeah. Okay. So Veda's like, gone. Yeah, we need, we need a Veda Scott. Uh, uh, you know, Allie, you know, she's with TNA. So um, what's the other chick from TNA? Um, not, not Jade, the other one. Uh, Marty Bell? No, not, not Barty. Not Marty. The, the enforcer chick from Maria. What's her name? Oh, Sienna. Yeah, Sienna. Like she's good. Like that. That would be useful. Like, but she's with, she's with TNA. She signed. So it's like I'm looking for like any females that could help the situation yeah. right now. And it's like it's very it's very scarce right now. There's there's not that many options. It's like they're either signed with other companies, they're retired, or like they're occupied. You yeah, mean, that's like, why I'm saying like I don't see how. Okay, I I I can understand from a talent perspective. Okay, you want to say she's the one that can hang with her. But I don't see from a build-up value how you're going to get to this. Mm. You know, you know, and how much longer can you keep Oscar down there? You know, I thought she's probably going to be the first dude. She's probably going to be the first yeah. one to just leave with the title and yeah, basically that's, just. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like it's like I get you want to do this. I get this is you know not you, but there are people in that company that that feel this is the match to build to. I I, I get that, but the problem is. How are you getting there? Well, they'll have to figure that out. Um, yeah. Oh, we 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 never talked about the um, Nakamura Joe match. What do you think about that one? I uh, I thought the match was good. I was I was I was shocked with what they did. I I was shocked that they they switched the title. And I'll tell you what I don't like about it. Since May, you've had Balor. Joe, Nakamura, and Joe again. That's four title changes in six months. 
I don't like it with that title. I don't. Yeah. I don't. And and I mean, I get the fact. Okay, you know what? Maybe you weren't ready to bring Joe up, and you know what? You're gonna build to a third match. Okay, I get that. I'm sure you could have gotten there somewhere else without having to hot shot the title. You know, this is what I felt should have happened in Brooklyn. This is the match they should have had in Brooklyn. I remember when Brooklyn was announced, I was the only one who said Joe needs to beat him in Brooklyn. And everybody, Jay especially, thought I was fucking crazy and needed my head examined. And I said, I'm telling you, for the, for the purpose of this story, Joe needs to beat him. You know, and of course, Nakamura mm. beat him in Brooklyn. And then, you know, I mean, I get there's going to be a third match. You know. Right, but, there, when, when, when do taping start? I don't know, and I'll tell you something else to keep an eye on. They go to Japan next week. Do I would not be surprised if they don't hot shot that title back to Nakamura in Japan. Uh, I'm not really a fan of hot shotting titles I, either. I, I'm just I'm telling you, I could see it. I can't see Nakamura losing to Joe like four nights in Japan. What's the status on Kenta? Uh, he's a couple weeks. I know they said he was like early December, so yeah, December's coming around real quick. He'll he's probably maybe two, three weeks away from coming back. Okay. Um, I thought the match was good. Um, I enjoyed it a little bit more than their first match. Um, I thought both entrances are really cool. Uh, Nakamura genuinely comes off like a rock star, which is something you just don't see anymore. That's cool. Uh, Joe genuinely comes off as a badass in his entrances. And you know what I like that Joe did? You know what I like that Joe did when they were playing the violin for Nakamura? Joe was on the outside, but he was just like, he they he was brushing them off almost as like to like, get them the fuck out of the ring and let's go. You know, let, let's, <laughs> right, let, right. let's do this. Like, get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Enough of this shit. <laughs> right, right, you know, but right. No, but it fits to Joe's character. It fits yeah. to Joe's character in the sense of, come on, I want to fight. I want to kick your ass. And, you know, here's Nakamura with these, you know, with this rock star entrance, whatever. And Joe's mm-hmm. like, enough of this shit. Let's go. I, you know. Yeah, I'll Joe's pretty cool it. like that. I think the entire time that I've, uh, I think the only time I've ever seen Joe get like an elaborate entrance was in TNA, and I don't know who he was fighting. I I have vivid memory. I don't know if he was fighting Christian or if he was fighting Jushin Thunder Liger. It was one of those two. It was the Liger where they gave him like the whole Samoan entrance. Right, right. That was cool. It was like, Liger. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really the only time he's ever really had, like, an elaborate entrance. Outside of that, he's very, very similar to Stone Cold. Like, one of the coolest things about Stone Cold is that he never really had a crazy entrance. He would just come out, like, no pyro, no special effects, just a guy in black trunks and a black jacket just walking to the arena like a badass. And it's, you know, it just sounds simple, but he made it work. And Joe is very, very similar. He's not really about pyrotechnics or about special entrances, like he's the one guy I can see literally at a WrestleMania and people are going to be like, oh man, what's the entrance going to be? And it's going to be the exact same (laughs) same entrance and it's it's still going to work. He's just going to make it a badass. That's really, really hard to do. And I've always respected that about Joe. That's how you know when someone is a legit badass, when they don't need any special pyrotechnics or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, not just because someone has pyrotechnics doesn't mean they're not a badass, but you have to be more of a badass in real life to make it work without said pyrotechnics and stuff. So I really like the entrances. Uh, and Nakamura came off like a rock star. Joe came off like, you know, a badass, like I said. Um, there was a lot more storytelling in the match. Uh, Joe was working on Nakamura's knee. 
Uh, I liked how Nakamura hit him with a few knees, but then hurt himself. Uh, I love the spot where he hit him with the Kinshasa from behind the neck, but then he was selling the knee and he couldn't follow up. And I, I liked the story they were telling because Nakamura just could have won by countout, but he had to go out, you know, being the babyface. He wanted to pin him, and you know, Joe gave him the low blow and and uh, the the STO and the steel steps with the muscle buster. Uh, the botch at the end was funny when they played that first theme. That was kind of funny. <laughs> then they mm-hmm. then it went back into his to his new theme. So uh, the match was very good. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. I I don't like the, them switching the belts, but at the same time, NXT for the past year has kind of been predictable in the main event, where it's like someone's the champion, they lose the belt. And then they get their obligated rematch, and then they lose, and then that's it. They go to the main roster. It's been doing that like since last Brook, like last the, the takeover in Brooklyn last year. Ever since Owens lost the belt, it's been a very kind of formulaic pattern with the main event scene, where someone either tries to go for the title and they lose, and that's it, or like they win the belt and then they lose it and they get the rematch, and then that's it. So with the rumble around the corner, many of us just assumed Joe would lose. So instead they just did the unpredictable thing, which was to have Joe go over and give Nakamura his first NXT loss and at the same time making him the second, the first ever two-time NXT champion, which is very random. I, I, I never really thought Joe would be the first. Like, you knew it was going to happen eventually, but I wouldn't. If you had told me Samoa Joe would be the first two-time NXT champion, I would have been like, what, really? Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not against it. I just He's just not the person you would have thought of. If I was, you know, so. But um, it was cool. Uh, I like the match. It was better than the first one. I agree. This is the match they should have had in Brooklyn. Um, so uh, they haven't really – Nakamura's been kind of quiet. There's like a little video on WWE's YouTube account where uh, it was a little reaction video, and Nakamura was kind of in a hallway, and uh, he was pouring water on his neck, selling the injury, and uh, Nakamura just said that he wasn't ready to talk right now, and he kind of pushed the camera away. So we're, for the first time, we're seeing some new character of Nakamura because you see Nakamura – and every time you see him, he's pretty chill. But now for the first time, you're actually seeing him kind of like sad, disappointed, angry. You know, he, the character is humbled. You know, Nakamura, he brought his, it's like, what do you do when you bring your A game and it's not enough? Like you, you give your opponent everything you can and you still lose. So uh, like you said, the real question is, uh, where does the rematch happen? Does it happen in Japan? Is it going to happen on the NXT TV episode? Is it going to be at, the, at a takeover sometime? Uh, they definitely have options. So uh, some people think – I know some fans are even saying it's a swerve, that you're thinking Joe's going to the main roster, but no, Nakamura actually is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like I said, we've talked about it before, and I don't care what anybody says. You know, you can't convince me otherwise. Triple H, he's fucking paying attention to Wrestle Kingdom. He's counting down the days. <laughs> he's waiting mm-hmm. to see what's going. He's waiting to see what's going to happen with Omega and Okada. I personally think that's what he's doing. I think he's stalling. I think he's stalling, and he's trying to see what's going to happen again, January fourth. And to the listeners out there, New Japan, they do their contracts very, very differently. They, t- I, I, maybe they should change it. Maybe they will change it, but right now they haven't. New Japan, what they do is basically they sign everyone to a year contract, more or less. And then when Wrestle Kingdom comes, that's when pretty much everybody resigns. But then you have the few folks that are, are like, actually, you know what, I'm kind of done. And they'll, and they'll give their notice literally the day of. So like when AJ, Nakamura, Gallows, and Anderson, uh, when, uh, when they gave their, their notice of, that was the day of Wrestle Kingdom. And I remember 
that news leaked like well, <clears throat> in America, it was like 10 p.m. Minutes after yeah. the match. Yeah, yeah, it was like minutes after it, you know. Yeah. So, and so I think that's what Triple H is waiting on. I think he's personally stalling because I don't think because I don't think he has a plan yet for uh, the takeover uh, going into Mania. I don't think he has I, a plan. I, I I said this to you months ago. I was told by somebody that said if he has his way, it's gonna be it's gonna be Omega Nakamura. Right. I'm sure he has his uh, his his undercard ready. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, Aries against uh, uh, Tommy. Tommy, that'll be there. Um, they're going to do probably uh, Gargano and Champa against Altus of Pain. They they can do that. Um, whatever female match, assuming Oscar's still there, I don't think she will be. I think mm-hmm. she'll be doing both NXT and main roster. So I'm I'm sure he, might, he has. He might the, hold Oscar off till after WrestleMania. Especially with, you know, Bailey and Sasha looks like it's going to be the plan for Mania. And, you know, who knows on the SmackDown side. You don't want Asuka to get lost in the shuffle either. I could see Asuka, you know what, you know what I could see Asuka doing? I could see them throwing somebody at her at TakeOver Orlando and then Asuka beating them and then the tapings right after since they'll be in Florida anyway. You could have Asuka be like, I'm done with this shit. You got nobody for me here. I'm going up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could definitely, you know, they could yeah, definitely I, do that. I could, I, I, I could see. I would hold Oscar off. You know, I just there's too much, and you know, I know it's only mid-November, but don't don't let anybody fool you. They're they're already in WrestleMania mindset, I'm sure, up there already. And to plug somebody else in, unless it was something major, and not saying that Oscar isn't major, but Oscar's not really a necessity for that yet. Mm. I don't think they'll do it. Oh, wait, we forgot. What was the Ring of Honor news you had before we go? Oh, yeah, real quick. The TV title changing cans in two days. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, fish to Osprey to scroll. Yeah. You know, that that was it. I don't know what that's about, but uh, nice nice to see them both working in America. I know they were mostly working, uh, uh, like, Japan and stuff. Are you going to be around tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be around. All right, we'll do a Raw review tomorrow. All right. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.